morning, podcast listeners. This is Kevin Eva, the Editor-in-Chief of Medical Education, speaking to you yet again from a gloomy, rainy Vancouver morning. This has turned out to be a bit of a definitions day because I just finished recording a podcast with Lynn Monroe where we were discussing the definition and perceptions of students around the concept of professionalism. And now I have the good fortune to have Ed Krupet on the line. Ed's the Director of Center for Evaluation at Harvard Medical School, and we'll be publishing a paper in the June issue of Medical Education called Thinking Critically About Critical Thinking, Ability, Disposition, or Both. Thanks, Ed, for making yourself available to do the podcast. Thank you. Maybe I could ask you to start by just sharing with the listeners what got you interested in critical thinking in the first place and why you thought this was an issue worthy of systematic study. Yeah, well, as an educator as well as a medical educator for a long time, I've always been interested in what it is we're trying to accomplish, whether we're trying to fill our students' heads with facts or whether we're really trying to get them to think. And I think that's a key issue in medical education and perhaps as much, if not more, than any other field I can think of. One of the issues that intrigued me about your paper, and it's represented right in the title, Ability, Disposition, or Both, is with critical thinking and any number of other constructs, there's been considerable debate about whether or not these are trait-like skills or the extent to which they're context-specific. And one of the interesting findings you came up with in your research study was that it seems to depend on how you ask the question, how people perceive this notion of critical thinking. Yeah. Well, it was funny because I think in that way, it is true how you ask the question, but we tried to ask the question as blandly as possible, and we still got lots of things. And I think this was caused by the fact that I and my colleagues constantly talk about critical thinking. It just seemed to me like very often we were talking past each other because Mm -hmm. we were using the same term, but we had different things in mind. Or sometimes between us and sometimes even within a person, it sounded like one thing at one time and another thing at another. And I just thought, how are we ever going to make progress if we don't know what it is we're talking about? Right. I wasn't meaning to imply it was a methodological artifact in saying that it depends on how you ask the question, but rather it seems when you get people talking about it in different ways, the way they discuss this construct seems to vary. Would you be able to summarize some of those findings and share with our learners what the distinctions were that I'm alluding to? Yeah, sure. When we ask people very simply, give us a definition, the definitions virtually all fell into two very closely related categories. The one was critical thinking as a process, and that is, and people often use that word, it is the process of, and then it's all those higher order capacities, synthesizing, analyzing, you name it. And sometimes it was critical thinking is the ability to, and then it went on to state the exact same kind of verbs as you found in the process definitions. Those two felt very similar to one another because they were all talking about people and their thinking abilities and processes. Then there was a third, very small set of definitions that sounded very different. They had to do with being open, flexible, curious. These were much more dispositional things, characteristics of mind rather than abilities or just a specific process. And that, first of all, got us thinking, if that's how people define it, maybe that is what they mean. Maybe there's nothing more to it. A second part of the findings where we asked people for clinical examples, and all of our respondents were clinicians, we said, give us an example of something that required critical thinking, give us an example of what a critical thinker would have said or done, and what a person who was not engaging in critical thinking would have said or done. The critical thinkers all did these 
things very well. The non-critical thinkers, however, even though the definitions were virtually all about ability process, all seemed to be people who were not unable to think in complex ways, but seemed unwilling or unaware or just weren't going to engage in that process. So we had no idea whether they were able, because that seemed to be irrelevant once, in fact, it never occurred to you that that was the thing to do. So really, the distinction came up when they were discussing the definition in abstract, sort of conceptual way versus when they were relating to specific individuals. Am I right in inferring that the scenarios they were describing were specific examples they had encountered? Right, exactly. So in fact, critical thinking in concept was one thing, and the very same people were telling us critical thinking in action was something else. Those kinds of inconsistencies, I think, are potentially problematic. Right, right. And you had a relatively large sample for this sort of work with 97 people surveyed across five separate medical schools. Did there appear to be any sort of systematic differences between individuals' roles or their teaching experience or things that led to different conceptions of critical thinking? You know, we did some breakdowns and wondered whether surgeons, for instance, might think differently than primary care practitioners. And there were some tendencies, but I'm hesitant to put too much at the feet of one kind of clinician versus another. Mm -hmm. And I I think the, the broader message that it was fairly consistent across specialties is probably more important to take as a takeaway. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense and leads me to wonder, given it does seem to be fairly generic, these conceptions, I imagine it leads to some fairly specific thoughts as to how you might be able to encourage critical thinking or what sorts of activities medical educators might think about to help facilitate this sort of activity? Yeah, and I think therein lies a paradox, and that is, I think, if, in fact, when we talk about it as an ability, Mm -hmm. there are ways of approaching and teaching people how to be more or better able to do this or that, whereas if we think of it as a disposition, the kinds of approaches that would work for an ability will probably not work for dispositions. What we're talking about are people's predispositions, their character, their general tendencies of dealing with information, and that's not going to be changed by teaching them how to put information together. Right, right. And what I was wondering was whether or not that view led you towards more systems-level factors, thinking about how the context of practice might have to change in order to lead people to be more likely to engage in these sorts of reasoning processes rather than relying on the lesser effort tasks that you've identified? I think it's the context of practice and the context of training and education that both ideally have to recognize the kinds of things we were finding and acknowledge that the whole culture has to change to some extent. I take from your paper that you're anticipating this being a broader program of research and that this isn't the end of the story, so to speak. Can you give us a sense as to what you think to be the key next steps for you in in thinking about this? 
Well, the next steps follow in two different directions. First of all, we're just about, I think, hopefully next week, just got IRV approval, about to launch a project using a method called decision certainty analysis, which we developed on our own. It's an online series of cases which we think of as a much more interactive way of studying what people do with information and how open they are to new or disconfirming information. So that's on the research front. Mm -hmm. And then on the education front, there is a group here at Harvard Med School that meets so every month, every other month, a critical thinking working group. And the question is how we can infuse these ideas across the curriculum. Right now, there are several course directors who are very excited about this and use concept maps and are constantly trying to assess students in terms of not just what they know, but how they relate to information. But if those are just in isolated spots in the curriculum, then students will get mixed messages and it's hard to know what they're going to come away valuing in terms of what they should be learning and how they should be thinking. Hmm. Sounds very exciting. Is it far enough along that working group that you'd be able to share with us some concrete examples of how you're hoping to reconcile this issue of the way the clinician educators are defining critical thinking and its description versus how they talk about it when they talk about it in action? Well, that's a wonderful question. I wish I had a brilliant answer to it. <laughs> We're far enough along to have spent a lot of time talking about what we mean by critical thinking ourselves. We're far enough along that we're now moving into trying to move into other courses and get those people to model some of the things that happen in the courses where that's really valued. What we're really having a difficult time in is really generating a consistent message across the curriculum. And I wish I had a perfect answer for that. And then, in fact, of course, there's clinical education where, in fact, we have far less control over that because whatever we train people to do in the first couple of years, if, in fact, the clinical faculty look at people and, and tell them they're silly for thinking that way mm -hmm. or, or for keeping an open mind, Everything we do preclinically is defeated. All of our students spend a year at one site and do all their clerkships at one hospital. So there is a way of trying to work through cultures where, for instance, in interdisciplinary clinical rounds where students might get as much credit for saying, I don't know the answer and here's why, mm -hmm. as they would for saying, here's the answer. Interesting. It's definitely a difficult problem, and I'm not all surprised that you're in a position to say we're still working on it, but I'm very glad that you are working on it, and the research that you're putting in medical education next month, I think, is an important step in the right direction. So I'll end by congratulating you on the work to date and wishing you luck on the stuff yet to come. Those who have been listening, just as a reminder, I've been speaking with Ed Krupat. The paper we've been discussing is called Thinking Critically About Critical Thinking, Ability, Disposition, or Both, and it should be published in the June issue of Medical Education, 2011. Thanks again, Ed, and uh, look forward to seeing the follow-up work. Great, thank you.